0: For the last four years, you came to this
1: podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling pop culture and that ultra naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of crass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are too dead to the indie cast. Greetings, everybody! Welcome once again to the Indycast. Chad Alan, Zach, Romero. It's a uh, it's a guys only uh, hot takes episode of of the Indycast today. As we're going to kind of we're going to actually do a wrestling show on a wrestling podcast for one.
0: Yes, it's it's uh, it's, it's talk- a wrestling a spicy takes episode. We it's been it's been a little bit since we've done one of those.
1: That's that's a one a spicy meatball uh, that we're about <laughs> to talk about here. Um, and by the way, I just aged myself completely.
0: Yeah, uh, let me, let me think, Uh, that is for Alka-Seltzer? Uh,
1: I believe so.
0: Because it was like a guy who was filming a commercial and he was getting, like, indigestion or something like that? Right.
1: Because they kept making him do take after take, and for some reason he was actually eating a spicy meatball. I don't know why they...
0: Which, by the way, can can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I bring up something? Sure. So... Uh, I've been dealing with a, another illness for the last like week and a half, and I was sick about a month ago. I sure. I keep getting sick, um, and you're it's nothing. Captain,
1: you're kept in sticky pants lately. What, yeah, what's it's not here?
0: it's not like a flu. It's just like bad colds, like bad head colds and stuff like that, and it happens like just about every other month now. And I realized it's because of pro wrestling. Um, no, it's, I'm sick all the time because of pro wrestling. Because um, pro wrestling is gross, and you're forced to interact very closely with lots and lots of people at live shows, and you have to shake everyone's hand or else you're an asshole, and people don't, like, wipe themselves properly, I'm sure. So I keep getting sick. And uh, the reason I bring this up is, the thing that's annoying the shit out of me most is that remedies don't stay consistent. Like, for instance, last time I was sick, I was taking, uh, what the hell was I taking? Mucinex. I was, I was gobbling Mucinex down, right. and it did nothing for a week and a half. And then finally, I was like, fuck it, I'll take some Alka-Seltzer. And I took it, and it knocked it right out. Okay. So I get sick this time. All right, let me take some Alka-Seltzer. I take Alka-Seltzer for, you know, the cold formula, whatever the fuck, for a week and a half, Nothing. I take one Musenex, knocks it right out. So I'm growing immune to everything, and I'll be dead soon. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Oh, or this could be this could be your step into becoming a, like uh, an amazing supervillain who's now like you've become immune to everything, so nothing will make you sick ever again.
0: <laughs> right. Clearly, we're fo- we're following unbreakable logic, so therefore right. I'm, I'm good to go. Um, but yes, right. talking about alka that that brought that up. So if I'm if I'm sounding slightly off. Tonight, or if I start coughing or hacking, uh, that's the reason why.
1: But you were Mister Glass before, and mm-hmm. he, whatever brutal and now
0: I'm Mister Ass. Now,
1: so you're an ass man.
0: I am. Womp womp. Uh, anyway, I love to kick him, and I'm going to stick him. Anyway, is that that was a line in that song, right?
1: I probably.
0: I, I think I'll, so. I believe it. I'll track it down. Anyway. <laughs> So we will have
1: a PowerPoint presentation
0: of Mr. <laughs> <Ashton's> <laughs> let, man let me break down the subtle nuances of Billy Gunn's solo theme song. Now, um so yes, as Chad implied, we're going to be talking about professional wrestling on this professional wrestling podcast tonight and lots of different news headlines I suppose in the wrestling world that we can sort of delve into, none of which are including Crown Jewel or Evolution because we haven't watched those. So Well, uh, uh, you... then,
1: well here, let, let's, you're right. Neither of us have watched either of them, but let's, let's, here's what I will say about both. Uh, crown jewel looked like a shit show from my, everything I heard. Um, and because it was such a shit show, I have no interest in watching it. Right. Uh, evolution. I would actually evolution. I would actually sit down and watch, um, because I did hear some great things about definitely a couple of the matches on it. Um, but I, I have very little belief that they'll actually follow any of that up properly. For sure. Um, my interest, and, and thank God we do an independent wrestling podcast because if we had done a podcast, if we, you know, way back in the day, you and me had gotten together and went, "We're going to do a WWE podcast." Um, we would have probably been done two years ago <laughs> because <laughs> uh, my my interest in, in the way that the you know the big company in Stamford handles their stuff lately is really ebbing and flowing some days, like. Mm-hmm and the only reason that you know and i know it's uh, so fucking cliche to have people like i'm just going to cancel the network and blah 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 the only reason i think i still have the network is for NXT takeovers and i know that's the smartiest thing i could ever say like, yeah that's pretty in, fucking the the world,
0: that's pretty fucking but, hipstery
1: but it's fucking true because the the um takeover stuff has been amazing um but the rest of it can suck a big a big disease d okay so, there you go and there's my hot take on... the Excellent.
0: So, uh, so why don't you start hitting us with some headlines here? Uh, yeah, let's... Well, and let's kind of go the other way of
1: the, the biggest thing in the independent scene right now. Let's, let's talk about the elite. The, the elite. A um, lot of stuff going on with the elite. First off, they separated officially from the Bullet Club, uh, which I found very interesting. So Cody, uh, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Hangman Page and Marty Skrull are all now their own separate entity in the elite and basically told Tama Tonga that they can keep the Bullet Club stuff for himself. They don't care anymore. Um, Which by itself would not be all that interesting, it's just, you know, a, a new stable forming out, no big deal, except for there's a lot of other little things that seem to be going along right along with it that makes it interesting. Um, for instance, uh, Cody lost the NWA world title that he had just won not that long ago. Cody and the Bucks just lost the six-man tag team titles that they had in Ring of Honor. Uh, Hangman Page uh, supposedly has not re-signed with Ring of Honor, and they apparently threw a pretty big-money contract at him, supposedly. And uh, the other big rumor is, is that all their contracts for New Japan are up at the end of the year. So
0: where... Mr. Romero, do you think the Elite
1: end up in 2019?
0: Excellent question. Now, truth be told, my initial thought process on this is that with the success of All In, that now Cody has the bug not to run a promotion, because he already said he wasn't going to do that because he saw his dad, you know, throw millions of dollars into a hole, basically. Um... But I think the reason why they sort of just almost dropped everything they were working on, like they were building a feud with, you know, this other group from the Bullet Club, and now they're like, no, you can have it, goodbye. Uh, The fact that they just dropped these titles all at once, you know, all these things, I don't feel like the answer is they're going to WWE, because Cody already mentioned that, you know, they've basically burned that bridge, and he he has no interest in going back. Um... But I think it's more so they're just going to either tour more or do their own thing. Like like something that's not quite a full all-in show, but is something. Like either they're going to do more conventions maybe or something like that. Or maybe just sell themselves as a package deal for any company. Like, hey, PWG, if you want us, you know here's our group rate or whatever. I think it's going to be more of they're just branching out on their own because now All In kind of showed them like, hey, you can do that, by the way. So I think it's more like they're just trying to kind of circle the wagons in in terms of being an entrepreneur, uh, more so than anything else. I do have a crazy conspiracy, but I want to hear your thoughts first.
1: Well, first of all, let me ask you this, because you mentioned All In. um, And this was kind of part of the next topic, but I don't mind jumping to it because it connects. Uh, Cody Rhodes was part of the Cruise, Chris Jericho's uh, wrestling cruise that they just did not that long ago, and apparently, um, even though his uh, lovely wife was telling him to shut shut the hell up, uh, because apparently Cody thought there'd be no internet on the cruise. I don't know why he got that idea, but apparently said to the to a crowd during a Q and A uh, that they are very much working on All In 2. So, hmm. with that being said. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think he has any interest in running his own company, but I also don't. I would not be surprised if they start running a, let's say, twice a year, or maybe even as crazy as quarterly. Um, all in special convention type deal like mm-hmm. they did for the past one, mm-hmm. which I think could end up doing very well. I agree. Um, The other thing I I do have to question, and this is the other crazy conspiracy theory, uh, and I I would like to quote um, uh, one million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, uh, that everybody has a price. And I question if the WWE is willing to back up the Brinks truck to Cody and his compatriots in the elite if they find a way to offer so much money that there's no way they could turn it down.
0: Well, interestingly enough, my conspiracy actually ba- jump, piggybacks off of that idea. Okay. So, WWE does not have enough money to push the all of these men into swallowing their pride and becoming company men. They just don't. And obviously, you know, the elite is making enough funding that they, they're living comfortably right now. Right. So, I don't think it's as straightforward as... Here are the contracts, boys. You're all going to NXT. Like, I don't think that's the case. But, something that does have enough money to maybe have them turn their heads, but still give them freedom to do their all-in shows or whatever the fuck they want to do, Uh is Saudi Arabia. So what if, just follow me on this, what if, WWE looks at crown jewel and the failings of it doesn't take away the actual lesson of "Mm, maybe we shouldn't have a a pay-per-view based on blood money and instead goes, Oh, we just ran out of like, who do we have from the attitude era that can still wrestle options. So instead of trying to, because that's basically what the Saudi Arabia shows are. It's just like, hey, what if whiny piss babies from the internet got to book their dream matches of like, hey, let me bring all these old guys back. Right. Well, they're kind of running out of old guys. So what if instead Saudi Arabia 3, the new beginning, is like a PWG show where like they're grabbing indie guys and putting together like big crossover matches. And so you have... Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny wrestling topper-tier WWE talent in Saudi Arabia. Now you're getting the fucking internet fans in a tizzy. They obviously want to see this and be a part of this. And you can't, you know, you're, you're still getting your unbelievable paydays, but now Saudi Arabia's footing the bill. And Cody can still be like, well, I didn't join back with WWE, I'm just doing this exhibition show, basically. That's my crazy conspiracy.
1: My only issue with your crazy conspiracy theory actually has little to do with Saudi Arabia, has little to do with Cody and the Bucks and the elite agreeing to this as a possibility. Uh, My biggest question to that uh, comes to when somebody comes up to Vince McMahon, even with the amount of money that Saudi Arabia would offer and telling them that he not only has to wrestle these guys that aren't under – have his men wrestle those guys that aren't under under his contract, uh, but also have some of his guys lose to some of the people that aren't under his contract. Um,
0: Yeah, but if you do some, like if it's 50-50, you know, if Skrull eats a pin and Page eats a pin, but the Bucks and Kenny win, then, you know – you're still making ungodly amounts of money, and you didn't look like a complete chump. You know I agree, me. But
1: the, the funny part is, though, I think the problem is you've got that backwards. See, that's the that's the time where I think they would put Marty Skrull up against like uh, uh, Leo Rush, and let Skrull win, and Paige goes up against somebody like oh Jesus, I don't know who uh, I'm trying to um, Rusev, and beats Rusev. But then the Bucks are going to face somebody like the Usos and Job, and Kenny Omega is going to face somebody like, let's say AJ. Let's give us a dream match there. It's it's AJ and Kenny Omega. Omega's going to Job. I, I just have thoroughly of the belief that the, the the bigger names that you bring over the Kennys, the Bucks, the the Cody's, no way in hell Vince is going to let them go over his talent. Well, as
0: much as I would say, like, ha ha ha, Chad, you're a fool, like, you know, look at all the money that we're dealing with here, the fact that, you know, WWE finally pulled the bedsheets up and showed that they were in bed with Evolve by having their NXT kids come and beat the shit out of (laughs) Evolve people and win their titles tells me otherwise. So, yeah, you may be right on that.
1: And the funny part is, the one, like, Street Profits winning the tag titles, and actually we can talk briefly about that, That wasn't on the schedule, but that's actually a very good point. The Street Profits winning the tag titles, I actually have no issue with whatsoever. I think they're an amazing tag team um, who deserve some sort of kind of motion in in an upward direction. Mm -hmm. Though going back, going into Evolve and winning their titles may not seem that way, I think the interest that it gains is going to be impressive. Now the person who just turned around and won the Evolve World Title, um, I, I don't even barely know who that guy is. Nor do I. I can't. I would have to look up his name right now right. to tell you. And and that's definitely one of those ones that like somebody said we don't know what to do with this guy, but we kind of want to do something with him and yeah, throw him over to Evolve and let him win a title over there.
0: It. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when Jack Swagger debuted and he just won the the world title. Yes. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. What are we doing here? Like, you're telling me this guy is the next big thing, but uh, right. I'd kind of like to make that judgment call on my own if I could. Right. So, and there's
1: so many people that, like, could be holding that belt, that could be getting the move up from it, that were are already in Evolve. That I, I just, that one, I, I, and I guess it's maybe just my interest in the overall character. So, I mean, I, I, I realize I'm being hypocritical that, Hey, the Street Profit's coming in and do it. A-OK. this other guy? Uh, no. Yeah, it's hypocritical bullshit for me, but it's just, you know, I don't know. It, but, yeah, you're absolutely right, though. WWE definitely did, like, show off that, hey, by the way, we're work- we're definitely working with Evolve. and that, Not that that wasn't pretty well already known, but.
0: Right, but the fact that they're example of, like, no, no, we're friends with Evolve. Oh, yeah, prove it. All right, well, we're going to come in and kick the shit out of them. Uh, that's not exactly what we were looking for, but okay, that's fine too, I guess. Right. But the funny part is they've also got, um, Cassius Ono, Chris
1: Hero, who's going to be making a return appearance, uh, into Evolve very soon. And I will bet you, Dalek's Donuts, that, uh, Hero slash Ono will, uh, let's say he's wrestling three matches in a weekend, that he's going to
0: lose at least two of them. Yeah, he'll put some, he'll put some young guys over. Right. right. What 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 would be if you were going to pick somebody? Who do you think he's going to put over?
1: Do they? Not, I I want. I feel like they've announced their ranches already. Hold on, let's see if we can. Oh,
0: maybe I might be being foolish here. Uh,
1: let me see. Uh... I like how my first search when I went to Google was I searched Chris Hero in. And uh, the shield was the first thing that came up.
0: No, oh, I, I was hoping it was going to be in T Rex costume.
1: Yeah, that would have been amazing. Too. Um. Oh, hey, look at that! Evolve Wrestling Twitter might just have the answer for me. Uh, well, it'll be Chris Hero versus Zack Sabre Jr. at Evolve uh, on 128. So. Uh, he'll definitely lose to Zack Sabre Jr.
0: <laughs> Which is a shame. This is the one time where, like, no, if you just had Chris Hero come rolling into town, whomping into whooping, like, I would absolutely accept that, but... Right. Uh...
1: Yeah, that's the only one that they've announced so far. It, well, I will
0: guarantee you that if he fights Austin Theory that he's losing the Theory.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no question on that. And who's the other person they could have him wrestle? Um, Who's the other people that they've involved?
0: Well, I would love to see him fight Chris Dickinson.
1: Which would be amazing. Um, Oh, God, what's that one guy's name? Um, The guy that all ego Ethan Page threw into the corner. Oh, Darby Allin. Darby Allen. I would almost not be surprised if he wouldn't be a, another opponent for him. Very
0: true. Very true.
1: Because Evolve loves them, from Darby Allen. Yes. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> um, mama, mama told me if you don't got nothing nice to say, you shouldn't say nothing at all. Uh,
0: but yeah, overall, that's my crazy conspiracy theory that you know they won't sign with the WWE, but they will do like a crossover with Saudi Arabia for a WWE show, because that'll be just an ungodly amount of money.
1: Well, now, so let me, let's throw this out as an idea here, and this will kind of nicely segue us to the next topic. So, again, on the Jericho, on the Jericho cruise, um, Jay Lethal, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a second, Ring of Honor World Champion Jay Lethal, and Impact Champion Johnny...
0: Impact, in that case.
1: Last name here, right, Johnny Impact.
0: Or Johnny Cruz, Um, maybe.
1: I think he was Johnny Cruz on the cruise. There you go but um, had a face-off and basically agreed to do a match between the two world champions of those respective companies. Um, So that basically puts Ring of Honor and Impact possibly working together for stuff. Ring of Honor is obviously already well-known for working with New Japan. Uh, I believe Impact works with AAA, uh, which also just so happens to be the company that runs Lucha Underground, Mm -hmm. which... You know starts connecting a lot of big name companies into a lot of dots here um, what what could happen if all of these smaller companies that are ultimately the, the definite number two to WWE start working together could this be something that was successful could this be doomed just doomed to fail because of the amount of egos we're dealing with and then to tie it into our previous topic here could that type of conglomerate um, or alliance be what kind of catches the eye of the elite to work with all of those companies to try to bring to tr- try to bring them all up and make the conglomerate your you know your proverbial you know wrestling alliance to be the next competition for WWE and actually make a serious run out of it
0: I think you'd have to pull together all those resources to have a legitimate shot at really competing against WWE at this stage. Um, it would be very interesting for me to see the wrestling world go full circle and basically go back to there being WWE and then there being basically a territory system, because that's what you're describing. Uh, wow. Sort of a, like if all these came together, they'd make sort of I don't know, like a, like a national wrestling alliance or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think it would be interesting, uh, especially since you know places like, especially Impact. Impact's a great example of a company realizing, hey, how, how about instead of us trying to make all the money we compromise and we make, like, good relationships with other companies and make most of the money instead of trying to make all the money. You know, half of half of all the money is still a lot of money. So that's why, like, Impact Talent is somewhat, you know, open to work with companies. It's not, everyone's not locked down in contracts that, you know, are single use and that's it. You know, everybody kind of has impact feels a lot more like a genuine indie company now, as opposed to somebody trying to do a WWE impression. And they found success because of that, in my opinion, you know, this has been a really great um, return story for impact as a company. And I would go as far as to say almost like a flagship year for them. Which is,
1: which is good. First off, because I think that's a, a great thing that, you know, that they're, you know, um, doing so well as it comes to the storylines and the wrestlers they're hiring and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem becomes, from what we're hearing, they've, they've been moved to a later time slot, which I don't actually think would ultimately hurt them with the type of programming they've been doing. But a lot of people seem to kind of call doom and gloom on this one here, uh, and that's hurt their viewership. Uh, it, it, have you
0: ever gone to Have you ever gone to a You've been to a restaurant where it's
1: the same building, but it's been like eight different restaurants.
0: Yeah, 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 and it's no, like you it can't I, eat everything that comes in. You go, oh, that place is cursed. You know, like that's yeah.
1: I, I'm questioning a little bit. and I hate to say this because we have a lot of people we know that work for Impact. Um, but it, it, is that is that building cursed? Is that set up cursed? Because. They, they've moved to a bunch of different networks. They've had a bunch of, you know, big-name wrestlers come in and out. They've, they've had a lot of, like, what should have been really good things that got them moving, and it always seems like it's one step forward, two steps back for that company someday.
0: Well, I would agree with that. I think, you know, it, they've been, you know, victims of, you know, a lot of questionable judgment calls more than most, but I think down to just the... Various people who have kind of run the show have all right. been different stages of stubborn that impact, you know, realistically, if you're looking at it, you know, from a non-object- for, from an objective point of view, has basically closed and reopened, I would say, several times. It just so happens to have kind of sort of kept the name the same. But, right. you know, long and short, it's been all over the damn place. And so... I don't think this is. I don't think it's cursed necessarily. I think it's just more of a matter of it just doesn't know when to say when, and it'll just either double down or it will, you know, go through a quiet period and then it'll come back again stronger and et cetera, et cetera. All
1: right. Which well, don't get me wrong. I, I have no want or wish to see anything happen with Impact. I, I want it to continue to be strong and thrive and you know. Like you said, keep people that, that we know to, you know, in in business and mm-hmm. you know, let them let them do what they love for their career and and I think if they're able to work with, you know, the National Wrestling Alliances, the you know, the Triple the New Japans, the stuff like that, to put something together that can really like I said like you said, like a territory system that can really start to gain some traction out there. I don't think that's I don't obviously don't think that's a bad thing in the least.
0: so agreed. and I and I really do hope that we're seeing like kind of a resurgence of a new territory era because you know as soon as every show, you know look at like um look at like a service like Powerbomb uh, TV. I mean Chikara just signed with them, and Chikara has its own streaming service. But like even they were like, hey, there's a lot of people, this is where they're getting their wrestling at. So, you know, we'll if it's more convenient, then that's what we'll do, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's like, okay, yeah. So once the internet really kind of took over as like this is where people are getting their wrestling, I think the days of like hard competition kind of fell to the wayside between companies. And now it's just the competition is it's just pro wrestling versus netflix versus other shit that keeps you home that's really where the competition is now it's not oh well this company is fighting this other company in the same town to try to get more people you can't think in those terms anymore it's a situation now where it's like okay well we're all fighting against nobody wants to leave the house anymore so you know if one company succeeds then we can all succeed
1: are you tired of the same old pro wrestling then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. We'll can, I, I want. Well, we'll talk more about what I want to do with this okay. once, we, uh, once we get done. So, but anyway... So, uh, also uh, on the uh, on the docket here, we'll kind of go back to uh, evolving the WWN setup. They uh, just recently had Shine 54, which, by the way, is it uh, gobsmacking to you that they're at 54 already?
0: Yeah, I'm actually looking at my shelf here, and I have volumes 14 through 19 laying here in front of me from back in 2013 and 2014.
1: Right. Well, do you remember? Do you remember the one that, that that you and I actually met at?
0: That was that was uh, Shine Seven.
1: Seven, yeah, seven. So ponder that for a second. Shine Seven.
0: By the way, oh, I can okay. barely remember my own anniversary with my wife, but I remember Shine Seven like it was you know
1: yesterday. <laughs> I would have to look up the matches. I, I don't. I don't remember a lot of the.
0: Matches. It was. Uh, it was the debut of Lefisto. I remember that much. Because that's, that was, like, part of the selling point as to why we decided to make that, you know, the first shine show we went to.
1: Funny story now that you mentioned it. I do believe that was probably one of the selling points that got me there, too, was, was definitely uh, Lufisto being there. So
0: so there you go. There, we should tell her that sometime. Like, oh, Lufisto, it's amazing seeing you back in Florida again. You know, you're doing amazing work. You, your appearance helped create a podcast that you'll never be on. Right, exactly. Though, by I, I
1: do give Lufisto credit; she did have one. Of, she did give me one of the bigger laughs because uh, I was in the audience for Shine Fifty Four. Um, she uh, was in the main event, and actually, it was her versus Allison K for the uh, Shine Women for the Shine Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they announced her, you know, as being from Canada. She's obviously Canadian, and somebody yelled started to try to start a USA champ, and Lufisto spun around on her heels and goes. I live here now, you idiot, <laughs> <And just laughs> completely stopped him in his tracks. It was wonderful. Wonderful.
0: So, Not as good as uh, Roderick Strong's I'll fuck your wife's mouth, pal, but that's nah, pretty good. This
1: is true, yeah, but but it did give me a chuckle there. So. Uh, Excellent. So the thing that did, did happen on that show, uh, they did have a, a uh, Sparkle match, which is their, you know, uh, kind of like new newcomers that they're uh, they're trying out. Uh, one Avery Taylor, who I believe you're fairly familiar with, W mm-hmm. time, uh, defeated a, uh, a a lady named Red Velvet. Uh, I did not know Red Velvet very well. I have seen pictures of Avery Taylor. I have not gotten to see a lot of her actions. She was very good.
0: Uh, she's uh, actually the first female graduate of the WWN Academy. Oh, really? Okay. I found that out uh, this past weekend.
1: And actually, I could have told you that because uh, the uh head trainer of the WWE Academy was definitely at uh, ringside for that match.
0: Oh, well, there you go.
1: Cheering for along. So, uh there was a four, four-way freestyle match Dynamite DD, uh Rocky Radley, Violet Payne, and uh Thick Mama Pump herself, Jordan Grace were in a four-way match uh which Dynamite DD actually stole the victory in. Mm. Um Jordan Grace uh audience was Quiet for the first three they're like yay okay somebody else. and then jordan grace came out and the place blew up like it was the beatles in the 60s it was <laughs> pretty impressive at how uh how, how many fans jordan grace has right now and by the way jordan if you're listening please be on the show
0: um, uh, she 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 i don't know what her rate is she's demanding uh, a paid appearance fee to be on podcast but she's using that as a as a methodology to weed out the week basically Uh, She made a post on Twitter a little while back that, uh, much like myself, that I've voiced on this show previous times, that uh, nothing irritates me more than a podcast that doesn't know anything about the person they have on and asks some very dumb shit questions, and apparently she had a small run of that happen to her and grew very irritated by that, and I don't blame her. Yeah.
1: So, note to self, don't bring up uh, being on the podcast with Jordan Grace again. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, I, I I would say, uh, feel free to bring it up forever, but just undercut it with, and by the way, we're familiar with you, we won't ask you dumb shit questions.
1: Well, I don't know if I can totally guarantee we won't ask some dumb shit
0: questions. Well, we won't ask dumb shit questions about wrestling. We'll ask dumb shit questions oh. about other stuff, but, but yeah, not wrestling. Go.
1: Uh, former guest of the IndyCast, Kira Hogan, mm-hmm. uh, defeated Amber Nova uh, with a little bit of help from Dementia. dementia her uh, partner in the Cutie Pie Club, Dementia DeRose, who was at ringside, uh, which immediately led to Ariel Monroe coming out to try to save Amber Rose from a beatdown. And then Dementia DeRose and Ariel Monroe had a, a really excellent match, which Dementia DeRose actually ended up winning. Uh, Brandy Lauren, uh, another person I really want to have on the show, by the way, who's possibly one of my favorite... Uh, female bad guys going right now. Brandy Lauren is just a heat magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jenna Von Muscles uh, or just Jenna in this instance uh, defeated the tag team of Geddy Gilbert or, and Luscious Latasha, a.k.a. Rainbow Bright. And <laughs> Excellent Boy, names. Were they ever? Oh, you should see their outfits. It, it definitely fits. Um uh, that brought out, actually, and the, the very interesting about After That match was Brandy Lauren was bragging about all the people she had beaten uh, in her one-year anniversary with being with Shine, uh, including bringing up that she had chased Rain away, which brought out uh, Stormy Lee, who basically said she is the one that had chased Rain away. Uh, so they got into a little face-off about that. Uh, and then uh, the lights went out, and when they came back up, a uh, friend of the indie cast, Sue Young, was in the middle of the ring because she was supposed to fight Stormy Lee, and then Sue Young beat the shit out of Stormy Lee. And, and, <laughs> yeah, for her, um, they went to intermission right about then, and uh, uh, my friend Colleen was uh, was with me and immediately went and bought a fully gimmicked uh, Sue Young pop, which we highly recommend if you're uh, if you see Sue Young at your local show, uh, go pick up one of those pops. They look, they look awesome.
0: I was going to say, that's high praise because you are a pop collector yourself. So the fact that you're impressed with them, that goes a long way in my book.
1: Hell yeah. The packaging looks really good too, by the way. You guys did a great job on the box. I
0: was going to say, believe oh. it or not, if I can go a little inside baseball here, I feel like that's really one of the strongest factors is that the box, the the, the packaging. Because even with um, even with official toys, like if you look at a lot of the WWE figures, they don't look great. Like, they don't look, I I mean, they have a gimmick now they're charging you more money for. But it's like, oh, now it's like super face scan technology, which they say that every generation. But nevertheless, they claim that, oh, they look more real now, but they really don't. Like, the, the sculpts are never 100%. But what ends up happening is the face sculpt is decent enough. But put that with their costume and their body shape, and your brain fills in the gaps. And you go, yeah, that's a John Cena figure. That looks like John Cena. Not really, but it's enough that it gets away with it. Same thing with the video games. When you make, like, a creative wrestler on the 2K games, you know, even when you're using a photo reference for the face or whatnot, they're never going to look exactly, but they look close enough that your brain goes, yeah, that's basically it. So same thing with the pops. I mean, we're we're capturing kind of broad stroke elements of Young in this smaller plastic form but between the costume and the little details your brain fills in enough that goes yeah it's basically sue young but the box art is really where i feel like it brings it home and that's what kind of puts it a step above is that we really put work into designing the box to have actual photos of sue on it to make it look like a, a, a perfectly finished product that you could go buy in a store that's i think where we kind of separate ourselves is really in the presentation because, you know, at the end of the day, there's plenty of people who do, you know, customs of pop vinyl figures, and, and you know, they're varying degrees of good. But the fact that we do go above and beyond for the box, I think, is what really kind of sets it apart. And I even stand by that with our, um, with our, uh, Mattel figures, too. When we do the Young uh, action figures, same thing. Box art, the whole nine yards. Like, it's really about the presentation, not just the product.
1: And it, and it shows, and I don't think, and that's what I'm saying, by the way, if you do see Sue Young at a uh, at a show, immediately find her as soon as she comes out, uh, because if you wait too long, those pops probably won't be
0: there later. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Although, I will, I will make the announcement here. Gone when I left. I was going to say, I'll make the announcement here. We are dropping uh, Santa Sue pops. I saw that. I for saw the holiday that season. That I In fact, I believe, we haven't announced them yet officially, but I believe they're already live on the website. Now we have a very excuse me. We have a very limited amount. Sue will have a very limited amount live. Um then we're not going to make like a boatload of them because the the base fig that we're using is a pain in the ass to get a hold of. Um but we are going to have them and they're going to be ready to go and ship before Christmas basically.
1: There you go. Order them now. Have fullygimmick.com. Fullygimmick.com. Uh so hey Zach Romero. Yes. Uh, if I if I say Ebor City Street Fight, uh, and you could pick anybody from the entire Shine roster that you can see in a street fight, who, would, who would be your, like, the first person that jumped into your head, other than Sue Young,
0: obviously. Oh, other than Sue Young? Um, yeah. well, I mean, Lofisto doesn't really do the, uh, ultra-violence anymore, but she was sort of queen of that for a long time.
1: True, and Lofisto would, would make sense. I could definitely see her doing a, uh, still doing a street fight, um,
0: I think uh, I think Mercedes Martinez could win any kind of street fight that she puts her mind to. Uh, same thing with Ivelisse.
1: Mercedes Martinez and Ivalice, uh in actually a very excellent uh, shine tag title match uh, versus the Twisted Sisters. Uh, they did not win, by the way, but it was uh, probably the best match of the evening. Oh, excellent. Uh, so, no, not not Mercedes Martinez. Um, I'll tell you, one of the two people in the Seaboard City street fight uh, was uh, Priscilla Kelly. Okay. Uh, do you want to know who her opponent was? Uh,
0: yeah, sure. Not, none of those that I just mentioned?
1: Nope, uh, definitely not. Because when I think keyboard City Street Fight, I think Santana
0: Garrett. <coughs> oh. Oh. Sure, yeah, why not? That's, yeah, she's Wonder Woman, I suppose, and you gotta fight oh, Side right. in the streets, I suppose. So, uh, how did that go?
1: actually a lot better than i that i expected it to be because and and if heaven forbid santana garrett if you're listening to this I, I i enjoy your wrestling i think you're great in the ring i just you're not the first person i picture of when i think Street fight um because you're adorable you're like zach said you are a comic book character coming to life my daughter has your picture on her wall um and she thinks you're amazing but street fight was not what i thought uh Actually, not a bad street fight, though. They definitely uh, did the typical uh, things that you would expect from a street fight uh, at the the Orpheum. They fought on the bar. Uh, Beer got involved at one point of time. They fought out into the street.
0: They they fought on the bar. The bartenders were furious.
1: Uh, The bartender did not look thrilled, nope, as always. Um, Thankfully, it's not the bartender they used to have who uh, who used to do MMA, who looked like she was going to jump up and kill them at some point. Right. um, So... Uh, but surprisingly not a bad street fight from somebody that doesn't, I did not expect to, you know, street fight out of, Santana um, Garrett.
0: Excellent, but excellent.
1: Santana Garrett actually ended up winning, but here's where it gets interesting. Um, she she got help from the aforementioned Rainbow Bright. Oh. And uh, Santana was not necessarily getting the biggest like, cheer reaction afterwards, and she actually, they actually, uh, Rainbow Bright held Priscilla Kelly down so that Santana could hit her like, springboard standing moonsault finish.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So, I am questioning, and I'd be very interested to see where they go with this next time, if they didn't kind of pull an okey-doke on us and suddenly make Santana Garrett the the happiest, smiliest, uh, rainbowiest bad guy group we've ever seen in China.
0: I would be okay with that. I'm on board with that.
1: Right, which I find very interesting. I, I hope that's the case. I hope that's not just, you know, that, that she's going to keep that up and really, like, still, I want her still to be, like, super happy Santana, but, you know, almost maybe, like, real... You know, almost too nice it's like when you get that that one server at a restaurant that's just a little too nice right uh, and you feel like that, like she's she's mocking you in some way shape or form um, That that's kind of what i want out of santana garrett for this i don't know if that's going to happen but I, I found that very interesting that priscilla kelly almost looked like she was coming out the good guy out of this one and santana was coming out the bad guy
0: well i mean it was Ebor uh, city that's basically bizarro world
1: also true uh, Shine Nova title match. We get into all the title matches here to end the show. The Shine Nova title match. Uh, uh, current champion Candy Cartwright, uh, the Cutie Pie herself, uh, was defending against um, uh, Asha Pereira, and uh, Asha Pereira won the uh, won the title. She uh, defeated Candy Cartwright, and that was even with uh, the Cutie Pie Club out there. Uh, that is even with. Um, possibly my favorite part at the beginning of the match, Kira Hogan came out uh, with a, a full pizza because uh, Aja Pereira, if you follow her social media, is a big pizza addict. True. And they tried to use that to distract her. It didn't work.
0: That's diabolical. Uh,
1: thankfully, uh, Aja had her uh, tag partner, Ariel Monroe, out there, as well as a uh, manager type person who I do not know who this person is, and I'm hoping somebody maybe listening to this will will fill me in a little bit on who the lady was because she it was a, a lady who kept coming out every other match or so and definitely had like a clipboard where she was taking notes on the people in the wrestling but then she ended up coming out with ariel and aja during their match and was kind of assisting in a managerial form interesting so to know who the, who this person is and kind of you know how we've gotten to this point thus far, but uh, Aja Pereira definitely became the new uh, Shine Nova title uh, champion, which I think is a, a great person to have that belt on. Um, like I said, Twisted Sisters, uh, Holodez and Thunder Rosa retained over uh, uh, Las Acarias, uh, Ivelisse and Mercedes Martinez. And like I said, what well, was an excellent match, uh, there was some miscommunication between Evilese and Mercedes at the end. Which uh, definitely ended with Mercedes giving you at least a little bit of a push before leaving the ring. Hmm. So it looks like they might be setting up them for a match, which I am perfectly okay with. Um, and then your main event, Allison K. AK 47, Shine uh, Women's Champion, defeated Lufisto uh, in uh, a really good match as well, uh, where uh, they did shake hands. Well, actually, pardon me, they shook pinkies after the match. Uh, there wasn't <laughs> the truest
0: match sign match. of respect.
1: Right. There was a definite attempt at a handshake at the beginning, which Allison Kay slapped away, but at the end of it, she offered her pinky, and they definitely pinky shook on it at the end. So they pinky swore, I guess, for something. Uh, That's true.
0: That's an accurate assessment.
1: But after the match, uh, that brought Jordan Grace out, who was questioning uh, her partner, Lefisto, on why Lefisto is getting so many title shots when she doesn't get any. And she's, you know, I believe by her own quote, you know, jerking the curtain. Uh, of course, the, you know in a match that she had lost previously, uh, Lefisto told her maybe if you win a match or two, uh, you can get main event, and uh, then Jordan Grace beats the crap out of her. So, okay. uh, so they're definitely setting up a, a Jordan Grace Lefisto feud. So Team Pog explodes, uh, much like the much like the Mega Powers.
0: Right.
1: Uh, we'll get a Jordan Grace. The, the Mega
0: Pog Poggers.
1: The Mega Pogs. The Mega Pogs. explode. So, uh, but great show. Uh, a, a lot of fun. Shine had a, had a great show. Got to see some of our uh, some of our best buddies. Cameraman Puente was there. Uh, super ref Frankie Gastineau was there. So um, got to say hi to everybody, so it was a good time. So, Excellent. Uh, if, you didn't get, if you didn't get a chance to see it, go order it. Uh, Zach Romero, last but not least on our list here, uh, I, I would like to pause briefly for... A, uh, a soundbite. And it
0: is for the ACW Women's Championship!
1: That is supposed to be a big deal, people. I'm sorry you to the too.
0: That is supposed to be a big deal. A, it's 2018. Women's wrestling is pretty great. B, it's a tail match on a Wednesday night. Let's one more time. And uh, take two. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for one fall.
1: Decided to apparently have a little bit of fun with a with a uh, with a local audience. Tell us tell us a little about about you you bad mouthing an audience you were announcing for.
0: Well, uh, I am in charge of editing uh, several different companies' uh, wrestling shows for for online consumption, and for some of those shows, I'm also the one who's doing the ring announcing, and typically. To speed things along, I, I typically cut my own parts out. Um, I just trim that up. I just go from match to match to, you know, just kind of like having the the wrestlers come out with the, the lower third. I don't really leave too much of my own shtick in the videos because I feel like it kind of slows down the pace. So I, I, try, I usually trim most of my stuff out. And so about a week ago, I realized that I was kind of collecting this assortment of moments of me either chastising a crowd or uh, just kind of being a snide dick. And so I decided to start sharing them. So the first one I shared was me uh, announcing that there was a, uh, a, a main event that was going to be a women's title match, to which that particular crowd missed their cue and was just very like, yay! And... I couldn't let that go. I stopped riding my tracks and 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 brought them up to speed that they missed their cue and here's the reaction they should be giving.
1: Right, and and made them do it again, which I love, by the
0: way. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so you tell me, what did you th- when you watched this and you shared it later? So obviously, I know you found some form of entertainment in it. What was your uh-huh. thought process when you watched me belittle a crowd full of adults?
1: I celebrated it joyously because I thought that was hysterical and wonderful and they deserved it. And and I'm glad I wasn't in that audience for once because uh, I tend to be the one who seems to get chastised in audiences when you're up there someday.
0: That was literally one time, by the way, and I feel like I'm never going to live that down. I feel like that's just there's going to be some serious therapy needed because I just can never live down the time I mentioned, please don't out talk the talent because like you're funnier than they are.
1: I feel like it was twice though. I feel like there, didn't, did we, did you, you get on the, uh, all of us at the secret show? I think you did. I think you did it at the secret show as well. When the, uh, when the peanut gallery officially, well, started.
0: that was because no one else was talking. So you were literally <laughs> the only response. Uh, but,
1: uh, no, I loved it. And quite honestly, I, I wish, and I hope that, Um, more people see this and maybe take suit to let an audience know when they think.
0: Well, Uh, and the other thing is it's it's sort of believe it or not, it's sort of a growth uh, process for me because I've been doing ring announcing regularly for about a year now and believe it or not, that's the less shitty response that I've given to people. So when I first got started, I would get genuinely upset, and I would get really angry, and I would, like, yell at crowds. And that's not great, because, like, no one in an audience is going to sit there and be like, hey, yeah, this dumpy 30-year-old telling me that I'm an asshole really changed my mind. I'm going to be a better fan. Like, no, they're just going to go, boo, and that's it. So that doesn't, that's not conducive. So when I met with that sort of, you know, bad takes from a crowd, instead of getting angry and yelling at them, I just sort of become a dick and just kind of point at them and go, hey, you are all bags of shit, by the way. Like, this is great and you suck for not realizing it. Like, it's more of a stand-up kind of insult comic Don Rickles kind of a thing instead of a genuine anger, like, how dare you not respect wrestling kind of a thing.
1: So, so what I'm hearing is, is that somewhere out there, there's this great master edit of of you being like a mega dick to, to to audiences that that we really
0: need to see. Well, I was going to say the year ago, like meltdowns are probably no longer in existence, but I do, I do have some clips pretty recently, including one where I had to explain to a crowd how a hurricane works because it was in Pasco County and that's all you need to know, um, so there's a there's a few more snide remarks that will be coming down the pike that I'll release.
1: That would, that would be amazing. We need we need Jack Romero's snide remarks, and I think that I think I think some of them should be edited and put at the end of it as a surprise at the end of the next uh, fully gimmick fight Fight Club teaser. Oh, show.
0: that's a, like a Mr. Theater stinger of just me yes. being shitty.
1: Yes, I think that would be I think that would be wonderful. And the, that'll give something to the, uh, the B-movie the B TV folks that are listening to this something to look
0: forward to. That's true, that's true. Well, and, and, and in my defense, you know, my role, as I define it myself, is I'm there to hype this crowd up, to be nice. excited, regardless of what is coming out. I don't give a shit if it's the first match or the last match. There should be a, at least a certain base level of excitement, and so if they don't meet me with that enthusiasm, they're like, okay, I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to be like, well, I guess you're just going to be quiet for this one. I'm like, no, 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 no. You are here to be entertained. You need to be an active participant here.
1: You have a role to play in this.
0: It's, right. Well,
1: but then again, that's very similar to the, because because and I, and I think sadly this gets edited out a lot too. Is the your rules before when you do a punk pro show? That's true. Um, yeah, you have a list of rules that you give the audience, which is you know basically like you know you know Pee-wee Herman giving the word you know giving the word of the day at the beginning of Pee-wee's Playhouse, where it's like you know, hey kids, scream real loud.
0: Yeah, or true. So
1: or if you've ever driven into North Carolina uh, from here in Florida or coming south, I guess uh, driving from North you know down through North Carolina into the uh, into south of the border. Uh, where you get all the Pedro signs. Hey, kids, Pedro says scream real loud so your parents will pull over. Um, that's, that's basically your rundown at the beginning of a punk pro show is, hey, we need you to scream and yell and react, goddammit.
0: So, well, there's that, and then there's also the element of, by the way, if there's wrestlers that are flying towards you, please get the hell out of the way. No one's insured. Like, that's usually, those are the two major rules. Yeah.
1: Scream real loud and run away quickly if they're coming at you.
0: Yeah. It's simple rules to live by. Uh, the other thing I don't think I'll be releasing are all of my 10-second uh, show intermissions where I have to give away free stuff and I feel like I'm gonna die inside. I don't think I'll be posting those.
1: I think you. I think you need to post them, and I think you need the uh, you need the the music from Match Game behind it when you do. it. Oh God,
0: it's so painful.
1: <laughs>
0: and I don't make it any better either. I don't like try to put on a, a happy face like. Oh, here's some freebie stuff, and I'm gonna kind of schmooze the crowd a little bit. I'm like, I this is the part I don't show my parents, and then just give away stuff and start the <laughs> show back up.
1: Well, in 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 your parents' defense, your dad only watches with John Davis. Is
0: that that yeah. is a direct quote from him from the last Punk Show.
1: If I had known John Davis wasn't I gonna be here, I <laughs> wouldn't have
0: come. Thanks, Dad.
1: I love you. I do love you, Dad. someday. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> my uh, father, the Red Foreman of pro wrestling. Anyway, um.
1: Any, any shit you want to get
0: into? Well, actually, uh, I, I believe this Friday, I think I'm going to post another free Punk Pro wrestling match on the Ooh. Punk Pro YouTube channel. Haven't decided what yet. Um, we've got a couple of options. I want to start grabbing from some older shows, not just stuff from Grave Affair. Although, we did just recently post uh, Gabe Zilla versus uh, Six Foot Swole Big Match Cole.
1: And, and holy crap, if you weren't in the audience, well, first off, shame on you if you weren't in the audience for that. Um, but if you have not gone and looked this up online yet, you need to go find this match yesterday. Uh, that match is possibly one of my favorite matches I've ever been to live.
0: Uh, Honestly, no joke, might be one of my top matches in 2018.
1: And, and I, it was a match I did not know I wanted. And it was a match I didn't have a lot, I, you know, I'll be honest, and I, I, I've only seen Gabezilla once or twice, mm-hmm. um, especially as a singles wrestler. I've seen him a few times when he was part of a tag team, um, and I've only seen uh, uh, I've only seen six foot swole himself w- once, and that was before he was doing the, the you know the the giant gimmick that he's doing now.
0: Before uh, he embraced his size, basically.
1: Right. Before he, yeah, just figured out that he, he is a monster among... Oh, and somebody else already has that. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, damn, damnedest match I've ever seen live, I think. And and I've been going... I went to ECW Arena back in the day, so that should probably tell you everything you need to know. Go find this match. It's absolutely hysterical. So,
0: so yeah, that one's already up on Punk Pro. I'm trying to decide what to post up next. I'm thinking maybe, and if we can get any kind of response on social media, that'll push me in one direction. Maybe Effie versus Izzy. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe. I don't know if I want to stir up that hornet's nest again, but...
1: Uh, if, if I actually could make a recommendation, I don't think you guys put... Well, maybe maybe this did go up for you already. Uh, yeah, maybe because it was from the secret show. Um... Uh, uh, Who did? um, Oh God, I'm in the blinds now. Um, Who did Serpentico fight at the Secret Show?
0: I remember now. That... Chad, with your psychic abilities, that is one that is on the potential auction block. We have not posted Serpentico versus Alex Cruz for the Elevate title from Punk Pro Wrestling Dirty Little Secret Show. We have not posted that yet on YouTube, and that one is actually edited and ready to go. That was another one that was on the table.
1: Which was an an excellent match. I do remember that one being excellent. I do remember, actually, from that same show, and and you could actually show this one to kind of follow up what's been happening, because now they've had some ongoing matches here. I do believe that was the first time that Wolf and Hollywood fought. wasn't Look at
0: the big brain on Chad. Yes, you're absolutely right. That was the first time that they crossed paths.
1: So, and, and another great match on that one as well. And like I said, now that's got some follow-up considering that they fought on this most recent show in a tag map and Troy Hollywood is the number one contender right now. Did the get your shit in title?
0: So. Very true. So yeah, there's some options. There's some options floating around. So that's my only real plug other than the, what about the, uh, young, uh, Christmas stuff that, that we're dropping. But other than that, um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on the punk pro uh, YouTube channel. We are coming back in 2019. um, and I'm sure we'll make an announcement on, on what the date will be for that at, at sometime soon. But in the meantime, yeah, I'm going to do some more free content, get that posted. And, uh, and, yeah, so you'll see something on Friday. I don't know what yet, but you'll see something on Friday.
1: Oh, by the way, let me give a little bit of a teaser here. Uh, and I hope we should have something very interesting. Um, and our sponsor, one of our sponsors, Phil Singer Games, mm-hmm. uh, will be very interested about this. Uh, there is a rumor floating around. That uh, I and what and you probably heard me mention in previous Phil Singer game episodes, uh, the box. This was the box that I had of all my old Phil Singer game cards that had mysteriously disappeared somewhere along the way many moons ago.
0: I was going to uh, say this is like the stuff of legend at this point now.
1: Uh, it might be in the mail. Wow! I I found it supposedly. And somebody's uh, a friend of mine, is, is mailing it to me as we speak. So
0: well, uh, I'll believe it when I see it.
1: Uh, that's what I said, too, actually. I will believe it when I see it hit the doorstep. But when it definitely does hit the doorstep, there will be pictures. Uh, and I think I will wait, especially hopefully when you're actually feeling better, uh, that we will uh, do a, an episode not over, uh, over Skype like we're doing this week, uh, so that we can definitely do an unboxing.
0: Of I was just about to episode. say, we should do it as an unboxing video and try oh, to
1: yes.
0: capitalize on that.
1: Definitely do an unboxing video of the many, many years of like original Phil Singer game cards. So I'll be very interested to see what I have in there. And I had probably 15, 20 editions worth of cards, so it's a lot of stuff in there. So, uh, so hopefully the box will be here soon. So there's excellent for that one. countdown Thanks. on the
0: box. So uh, I think that's everything and all of our wacky stories and whatnot. So uh, for everybody here at the IndieCast, thank you all for listening, subscribing, interacting with us on social media. Uh, For the ladies who are not here, I am the sexually aggressive koala.
1: And I am the cocculus maximus. until next time, everybody, we always say... (laughs) Deuces. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, Well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, Here to talk to you about Phil Singer games. I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com.
0: Oh god, just shove it in my face! I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker! Every
1: single one of you guys has made a whole decision! It's that
0: dirty ass Meryl Streep. We are- more touching wieners. Not touching wieners dude. professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. So hey Zach Romero, I bet you didn't know this. This is supposed to be a rest-